Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your host, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits Podcast. Steve Campbell here with you. Today, we're going to be continuing our three-part series on this idea of elder care planning and really aging with dignity um, by really focusing on you, the listener, as a caregiver. Whether you've been in this position before, maybe know somebody who's currently going through it, or understand that you could be thrust into this role as a caregiver at some point, it's really important to have a key understanding of the role you may play as a caregiver. We're going to share four issues you need to be aware of, as well as solutions for tackling them. We also spend some time inspiring you with some high-level motivating points that can help you and your loved ones to really have the best experience possible as they age or may need care. Even if you feel this topic doesn't apply to you, please listen. This information might inspire you or someone you know with exactly what they need to face this daunting challenge in front of them. As always, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and have you write a review. Your ratings and reviews help push our show to the top of the charts where it can be discovered by more listeners like yourself. So as always, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy Ditch the Suits. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Today, we're going to be continuing our conversation around this idea of what we're framing as elder care planning. Again, if you missed our first episode, when we talk about long-term care planning, we're not talking about an insurance product, but we want to frame it as elder care planning whether it's planning for someone like yourself who's beginning to age, maybe you are an adult child taking care of a parent or somebody with special needs in the family. There's a number of components involved in what we'd call elder care planning. In the first episode, we talked about this concept of aging with dignity. What do you want the experience to be like? And what we want to frame this conversation around today is if this isn't a component of your financial planning process, I'm not really sure how well the the financial plan is put together. If you haven't had this conversation with a professional you've talked with about what this aging component looks like, how you will begin to put steps in place to make sure you're living the life you want to live as you age, then you may be missing the mark. But that's why you're here to ditch the suits. We want to give you conversations that even if you've missed it, you can put into place, begin to have the right conversations with the right people, whether that's a professional, family member, what have you. So stay tuned. And as we said in the first episode, even if you've never experienced it, it, you've you've saw the topic of this podcast and you're like, I'm not really sure if this applies, please just take the time to listen. Spend a half hour with us. It might inspire you. It might inspire somebody that you know. Share this with them if you know somebody going through it. So Travis, when we talk about this idea of aging with dignity, we're really talking about support and, and maybe kind of the first step, kind of where do you start beginning to ask for help? If somebody was on the edge of their seat in episode number one and stayed stayed in contact with this one. What are some things that when we say it should be a part of your financial planning process, what are we saying? Well, this is this is a universal conversation for any anyone that is in a situation, um, I think themselves where they're going to have to give some kind of support or mm-hmm. uh, going to need support. I think today we're going to focus more on the person providing the support because we always talk about in planning, you know, mom or dad or or the the individual with special needs, whether it's your, one of your children or a sibling or something, and uh, their situation. Yep. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about the caregiver's situation, so that the family member that's thrust into caregiving. And in caregiving, I think you could you can define caregiving in, in two groups of people. 
I coordinate all the caregiving, still a full-time job, yep. you know, making sure people are there to help, taking mom and dad to the doctor's appointments, all those types of things, taking care of their house, you know, basically stepping in and being your parents' parent, taking care of everything that they need to take care of. And then there's actually the caregiving part, which is where I'm physically like getting them in and out of bed and feeding them and, you know, helping them bathe and making sure they're getting the meds and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there's, there's like, there could be two different levels or some kind of combination of the two that you might be doing with somebody. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is very universal. So if you know anybody in this situation with either younger family members or older family members, this is really for them. And this is wisdom. I think that we've learned through working with people and seeing, you know, how they've progressed over years of doing this. And so I'm kind of excited to, to share it. So we, we listed out, or we have listed out about four or five different things that I think are, are super key points, starting with, you know, if you're the caregiver, and again, it doesn't matter what level of caregiver you are, if you're, let's say, responsible for somebody else, you have to remember that you are also an important person. Yeah. If you are the caregiver and you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to continue to provide care Mm -hmm. for anyone, not your loved one, not your kids, nobody. Yep. So you have to ask yourself, does my loved one need me for the short term or the long term? And I, I think people struggle with this. I think the idea is I need to sacrifice myself for this other person, especially I've seen this, with spouses who are just deeply in love with each other after 30, 40, 50 years, it doesn't even have to be that long, but after so many years of marriage and I will sacrifice everything for this other person. But if you put yourself in the hospital, nobody's there to take care of the other person. Like there has to be a balance. We have to get some mileage out of this, right? You, you've got, if you really want to be the one to take care of somebody, you need to out, you need, you need to be in the race longer than they are. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and so if you burn all the rubber off your tires and, and, and can't go anymore, you no longer can help them. Yeah. So it's a really, really hard thing. And I see people go through it all the time. You have to, even if it means spending money, and even if you hate spending money, and even if you really want to leave money to the kids, does it do any good? Your primary goal there was to take care of somebody. You can't take care of them because you're no longer healthy enough to take care of them. Guess what's going to happen then? Then we're going to have to spend all your money because now we got two people we got to take care of and nobody to help. You can ask for help is the second point. If you don't ask for help, at least for an occasional day off, you know, go shopping, get out of the house, do something. You can, the stress can build up in ways that, you know, it just, it's like a tea kettle. Things well, will it, just break. Th- th- things will break. Either your temperament and tolerance towards others will break and it will affect your other relationships, maybe that with your kids and whatnot, or your health. I mean, it can it can really, especially at more advanced ages, it can really mess with your health. But not even that. Let's say you're in your 50s or 60s. So a lot of people have heart attacks in, the, in their 50s or strokes. Yeah. You know, I, I guarantee your parent does not want you to have a stroke and be paralyzed for the rest of your life because you were taking care of them. No parent would wish that on their kids, right? So you got to ask yourself, does my loved one want me to suffer too? I'm trying to balance here. I need to take care of them. But again, I have to keep, you know, I can't take care of them if it costs me everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, even if you've never been in this position, taking care of a parent, (laughs) maybe you've had young ones at home and you've been a stay at home parent. 
it's a very similar process when if you don't have the help, like you said, and you're just with kids all day that just can wear you out. If you don't ever get time for yourself, you can just begin to feel stuck in something that is a blessing, which is taking care of others can really quickly become a burden. And so if you've never taken care of a parent, you're wondering, I don't even know what that's like. If you've ever had to take care of young kids at home, it can be a very similar situation. I think as I, as I'm listening to you, I think what's really important too is, is when we said this should be a component of your financial planning, it's not a one size fits all, and you shouldn't just do what somebody else did. You should do what's right for you. So as you're talking about the one providing care, it's giving yourself a little bit of grace. Some people want to jump all in and they owe it to mom and dad or feel like they do. So they want to move heaven and earth to take care of their parents. Some people listening would raise their hand and sheepishly say, I don't know if I'm built for that. You know, I'd, I'd rather be the one coordinating care and it's not a one size fits all. So if you're listening, we're not telling you it's one way or the other, as much as trying to give you a frame of reference for a conversation to start to figure out who you are as a person and what may be the most appropriate path for you when it comes to your parents or providing care is for you. So I love these first two. You're an important person, huge point, And then you can ask for help. Keep going with the other, other ones you got. So in the last episode, we were talking about how parents sometimes will say like, you know, my kids are just going to take me out back or, you know, don't ever put me in a facility or protect all my money. And then by the time they get to the point where one of the kids might have to do that, or the caregiver might have to do that, parents aren't necessarily in the situation where they could change their mind. They're not, you know, they don't have the wherewithal anymore to change their mind. Or maybe they're imposing onto you a burden that you cannot manage. Yeah. Right. Maybe you are not willing to sacrifice your own kids or your marriage to do what a, you know this other person wants you to do for them. And so you're stuck between, I feel like I'm abandoning them versus abandoning other responsibilities in my life. But I think uh, your loved one's dignity is important, even if they're at a point where they don't know it. Sure. That's part of being a power of attorney or being a guardian for somebody is you sometimes have to make the decision for them because they no longer can make the decision. So if they're like, you know, always keep me out of facility or protect my money, but they need care that you cannot give them, mm -hmm. you might have to go against their wishes, but you also have to realize they're not at the point where they can cognitively like say, I agree with you. They may not agree with you. They might fight it tooth and nail because they've convinced themselves for 75, 80 years. They're not doing that, Right. But you might have to do it because you know it's in their best interest. Yeah. If you have a loved one that, you know, is it has some major, major impairments and they are otherwise a very caring and giving person, if they get in their vehicle and they get in a car accident and they hit a little girl on her bike and kill that little girl, is that really how you would wish that they would their last days would be? Yeah. Is, is you that that is so antithetical to who that person was their entire life, and they would be appalled to know that they had done that at an older age. But they're at a point now where they can't even control the fact. You know, they may not even realize that they did it, but they can't control the impulses that are driving them to certain things, right? And 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 if you're at a certain age, you need to realize that and say, you know, what are my virtues? What what was my life all about to begin with? And how do I make sure I don't put myself in a situation that I can make some of those mistakes? Yep. And again, it's back to that mind over matter. There, there, there will come a point in life for all of us where that no longer works. Mm -hmm. And we need to acknowledge it. When you acknowledge it, it's not so scary. Yep. 
Because it's like, okay, it's going to happen to everybody. What do I want people to do for me if that happens to me? Boom, I'm done. Great. Now I got a solution. I don't have to be afraid of that. I know what I would do. But when you don't acknowledge it, you don't have a plan. When you don't have a plan, you should be afraid. And let's also talk about, too, why why it can be hard. You, you talked about the fact that, um, you know, your loved one, their dignity is important, too. And we all feel like sometimes we owe it to our parents. If mom or dad ever said, you know, don't do this to me, and they begin to diminish, you you can feel that regret or, you know, like, well, they said they didn't want it, so I can't do it. But in your heart, you know they need more than what you can give them. And it gets more convoluted when you have siblings. You know, if, oh, you, gosh, if, yeah. if, God, if you are the one of the siblings that they say, yep, you're taking care of mom and dad, if anything ever happens to them, you know, because you were close with them or you just have a nurturing spirit, whatever it is. When you start including siblings in that, that can become devastating too, because you you might have the sense that, man, mom or dad really needs more than what we can give. And you get the voices from siblings saying, yeah, but they said they didn't want that, right? And then all of a sudden now there's tension there. So I, I think I I try to help the, the people that are listening that it's it's maybe not always as easy, right? As just recognizing that, but understanding the moving parts, the pieces that you have. And like you said, acknowledging it even just verbalizing it, you know, I think can make a big part. And I think that kind of ties into this last point that you had here. And you just made a good point too. None of this is easy, Gosh, uh, no. but you and I were sharing a quote back and forth this week. None of this is easy, but not dealing with this is just as difficult, basically. Yeah. Right. Life's hard. So choose the hard so you, you want. You are going to deal with this one way or another. The question yep. is, is can you deal with it with dignity or can you deal with it from a catastrophe standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, don't run from problems, hit them straight on. Uh, don't yep. be afraid of them. The last point I think dovetails into that very nicely is your grief is natural because sure you are going to feel guilt yep. no matter what decisions you make when you provide care for a loved one. Sure. You're always going to be able to second guess yourself and other people are going to second guess you very likely, not always, but very likely, especially if you have siblings. You're going to have days where it feels like your heart is like just being squeezed and your personal dreams are drowning. So you have to realize no matter what your decisions, no matter, you know, you can, you can second guess them. That is fine. That is called reflection or being introspective. I think that that's a great thing to do, but you cannot beat yourself up for being in a situation where you did the best you could to take care of somebody. Mm Mm-hmm you are always going to feel like you can do more, mm-hmm. right? That comes with the burden. You know, that's the, or that, that is the burden of the responsibility. You, you, if you care and you love, that's what you're going to feel. Again, it's not easy. You need to be prepared for it when it happens because that way you can give yourself permission to grow through the experience instead of allowing the stress to break you down. You need to tell yourself, so this is not a question for yourself, but you need to tell yourself, it is because I love you that I will make the decisions that can get us the best help possible. Us, me as your caregiver, you as a person I'm caring for, it is because I love you that I am making the decisions that I'm making. Yep. And if you make those decisions from that perspective, it's, it is really hard to truly second guess yourself. Again, you're still going to feel grief. Like I could have done more. I should have done more. But in your heart of hearts, you know, you did what you could. You know, we're not talking to the person who recognizes they're going to inherit money from mom and dad and says, screw my parents, let them die. Right. We're talking about the people that have a heart and compassion for their parents and they just don't know what to do. And they're listening to this and they want to do the right thing and they want to trust their hearts. So as you talk through these things, 
you know, one thing we've talked about in our podcast, which really resonates with this too as well, there's usually a pretty big gap between our expectation of how something's going to go and our actual experience. And this can be good things in your life. You expected something to go one way, but the experience is actually very different. And I think where a lot of the mental health and self-reflection comes from that gap between those two things, I thought it was going to be one way, but my experience was very different. How do I make sense of what I'm feeling in this moment? Whether you feel like you did it right, you feel like you did it wrong. So to recap those four, you're an important person as a caregiver. Um, You can ask for help. It's okay. You need to understand that the loved one's dignity is just as important too, and that your grief is natural. And I think this is where then, as you look at those four, where issues begin to come up and what to be aware of. So when we think about, okay, we got this frame of reference. I got the four points. I'm living them. They're my virtues. What are the issues? Where do we see them? And where do we go from here? Well, you're spicy today. Hey, thanks, man. I'm passionate. Yeah. It's really important. You're all over that. Like this, this, and you're right. This, I, th- I think maybe it blends a little bit. You know, there are people who aren't necessarily, well, screw my parents. I'm going to inherit a lot of money. Sometimes they're like, uh, I'm going to inherit a lot of money if I can make the money last. So I'm going to do as much as I can on my own, even at the detriment of that person to save money. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that maybe potentially have that mindset or their parents told them to do that. Yep. And that's where I'm saying it's not usually worth it. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020. You don't have hindsight in the moment. Right. And, and you, you, even though mom and dad might've said, protect my money. Once you are the fiduciary in charge of somebody else, once you are now the caregiver, the person responsible for that person, it doesn't matter what that person said as far as you cannot or you should not deny them care because they wanted to protect money. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you really there's a line there someplace between their wishes were to protect money, but their care trumps the need to protect or their wishes. The need trumps the want. The yep. need always comes first. That's great. Okay. So we want to do maybe like rapid fire for just issues to be aware of. And I think there's there may be a little bit of duplication with those first four points, but I think it's probably still worth going through. Sometimes repetition kind of helps things set in. But th- I think there's some some other points here too that we're going to provide. But issues to be aware of whether you're someone providing care, someone expecting someone else to provide care as you age. So um I don't know if you want to take turns with these. Yeah, uh, we, can go, we can go back and forth. Cool. So the first one was things really work out exactly how they were originally envisioned. You need to be flexible, willing to work with others, and watch for the guilt traps. Yep. Hey, everything in life, nothing really works out the way you plan it. It's not going to, when you step into being a caregiver, however you think it's going to work, you know, it's going to be different. Not necessarily worse. You might have the worst case in your mind. It may not be that bad. Or it might be a lot worse than you think. You have to be able to change on the fly, adjust, and you have to try to watch those those pits that you can fall into, you know, those those self kind of pity guilt traps that you yep. can get into because you know, one of the siblings says, Well, why aren't you doing this? Or somebody else says, Why don't you do that? Or you go on Yahoo and they're like, Why don't you do this? You gotta protect yourself. Yep. No, next big one. And again, we're talking from the the frame of reference of if you're providing care. Um, that you're only one person and you only can give so much of yourself. You never want to get to a point where you feel like you want to scream inside, I'm doing all that I can. Whether it's you feel like you're doing all that you can for mom and dad to take care of them. You have a spouse at home that also needs you. You have kids that need you. You can only do so much. You had raised in the first part of this podcast, 
Don't burn yourself out to the point that you can't even take care of the one that you're trying to take care of because you're neglecting yourself. So give yourself some grace. Yeah. Being successful is not about being perfect. Yep. Right. Nobody's perfect. Yep. Um, if you think you're perfect, do some more reflection because there's stuff you can improve on. You're not supposed to be perfect at this. Mm-hmm. You must consider your loved one's needs, your own needs, and the needs of others who depend on you. Again, it's like you have X amount of energy in a day, X amount of time in the day. As your life stands right now, who is that dedicated to? Right. And who needs some of that time? If somebody takes some of that time that is needed by others, how does that other, you know what I mean? Like, what is the impact on that other person? What is the impact on you? And so you have to be realistic. And this gets into like, well, they said protect their money, so I'm not going to hire a caregiver. Well, geez, if it destroys your relationship with your kids or your spouse, was that really worth the money? Yep. I think there's a big one too. Uh, many providing care for a loved one will experience a negative financial impact. You know, and I don't, I don't think we always think about that, but in terms of missing work, you're taking days off to take care of a parent, um, leaving your employment altogether because just duty calls and you feel like it's what you should do or feeling obligated to spend of your own resources. And, and you got to think the totality of this, right? What you just said, the needs of others. Are you putting your life on hold financially with your kids and your, your family to take care of a loved one? And is that really going to be what you want the feeling of your children or your spouse to have, which is someone else is always getting what they feel like is theirs, or they're having to put their life on hold. So there's a nobility card in all of this. And I totally get it. This isn't easy, but just thinking through kind of the ways that you would go about, are you sacrificing things in your own life to take care of the needs of another? People who uh, need care are most likely or are very likely to need help physically. Yeah. So think about it like this, you know, they might need somebody to help steady themselves as they walk, someone to lift them up, someone to catch them as they fall. They may need somebody to help them get upstairs or to carry things or move items just around the house. So if you're caring for a loved one, you tend to put them first. So you'll do whatever you can to help them. But when you compound like physical challenging kind of situations where you're yep. bending and pulling and lifting, especially as you're you're kind of aging, right? Because like you know, let's face it, a 20-year-old body and a 70-year-old body are very different. Yep. You know, there's you take that and you compound that with you're getting less sleep because you're waking up, you know, maybe more often to take care of this person, um, or just rest in general. You're probably mm-hmm. eating less or eating more poorly, maybe eating faster so that you can help this person eat. You know, or missing out on exercise, you can't you can't go to the gym because you can't leave the house, um, or any other kind of physical ailments, or or the way that some people swallow their stress. Right? I don't mean like eating poorly, but I mean like literally like it's nobody else's problem; it's my problem, and they just bury it inside, and it does horrible things to their body. So you you know you have to think about am I you know physically able to absorb this? Uh, you got to be aware of it. Well, and I think unless you've gone through it, it's really hard. But I know me, you know, when you get kids that are sick, you you feel you can take care of them because they can't take care of themselves. That's the parental thing you do. When your spouse gets sick, you get annoyed pretty quickly when you have to keep taking care of them because it's almost like you want them to take care of themselves. And so it it's, could be the same thing with a parent too, as well, because they're, they're, they're older than you and you feel like they should be able to do it. That wears on you after a while when you have to constantly meet the needs of others. Uh, just a few more with us to stay with us. Providing and coordinating care for a loved one can create an intense amount of stress. 
Um, stress can inflict a great amount of damage to a person's individual health, like you just talked about, but it can also cause hypersensitivity with emotions that easily lead to low patience or frustrations. You become triggered, you know, when you're taking care of the needs of others and you're worn out, you're not taking yourself, you're not eating right, you're not sleeping, you can begin to be worn out, causing people or yourself to say things that you may later regret. And that's a big part of it. Words matter. And there's certain things you can't take back. So I think it's really important to be aware that you need to give yourself breaks in this experience so that you don't break yourself. Yeah. And those who need care, they can't always wait for you to be available. So a lot of times it comes off as very demanding. Mm -hmm. Like there's no break. There's no break. That's a lot of times what you hear people say after they kind of get into it for a while and, and they're starting to get exhausted. There's just no break. People who need care kind of a lot of times this is part of the way that care facilities work, they get undivided attention or, or permanent, you know, 24 hour attention for a ton of different issues. And it's always inconvenient. Yep. So that's going to be a challenge and, and you need to be pre- prepared to put your life on basically hold for an indefinite time period. Mm-hmm. So I hope, you know, I, we, we have one more kind of wrap up point, but I also hope that those who are listening to this, who have not addressed the, this in their planning, you can plan for this stuff so that this is not how your kids end up feeling, or this is not how your spouse ends up feeling, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's on you as the individual to make sure that you do not put your loved ones in this situation or do your best to minimize their exposure to this situation, you know? Or at the very least, if you're gonna put somebody in this situation, their eyes wide open before they accept it. It's one thing to say, my or dad, I'll always take care of you. It's another one to actually understand what that entails. Well, and like you said, you know, I think when most people think long-term care, they think some kind of insurance policy. What What is the daily amount I know I'll have? What you're talking about is a whole lot deeper. Outside of the actual money that's going to be available, what does the emotional totality of this situation mean, not only in your lifetime while you're here, but when you're no longer here and somebody else has to pick up the pieces of what this experience has done to them. Um, I know we've been going back and forth. I actually want you to take this last point because I know you've been in conversations with clients, people where these conversations aren't easy. I think you do a really nice job of helping people understand it isn't always as black as white. So why don't you take the last one and then I'll close this out. Yeah, I would say 80% of my job in wealth management is actually coaching people through these things. Yep. Most people who we work with have been good at saving money. And they need some guidance on how to get it out of their accounts and maybe ways to better make more money out of it. But in general, it's you have like two trains running at each other time. We're running out of it and what we do with that money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we need to realize that we got to put boundaries up. There are boundaries to our capabilities and it is perfectly acceptable to ask for help. Especially, you know, if you're trying to benefit somebody else. Yeah. Right. And and you have to, that does not mean you're quitting, giving up, not holding up your end of the bargain. You know, for fiduciaries, one of the requirements is is if you are giving advice in an area where you do not have expertise, you have to disclose that to somebody and recommend that they could potentially have a better benefit by getting somebody with that area of expertise. Well, if you're in that situation for a loved one, it is actually the noble thing to do to ask for help. Um, not to try to take on the burden at, you know, ultimately your own, your own detriment, but also your loved ones, mm-hmm. all of your loved ones, not just, not just mom or dad or a sibling or a kid, 
but everybody else that you consider your loved ones, yep. you know, it, it will be damaging for them too. Yep. Well, again, I, I love this topic. I, I think this has been great. Hopefully, you know, you guys as listeners are, are as thoughtful as we are in terms of this conversation. Cause I think it's really important um, because anytime somebody goes to work with a professional, I think the two big things we hear most often is I want to make sure we're okay and we're doing the right things. And, and that, that encompasses all areas of your life. And I think, like you said, at the beginning of this episode, and we'll end it with it. If this, if this, what we've talked about in the last half hour has not been a part of your financial planning process, you've been missing the mark. Um, and that that's okay. It's just time to have these conversations because it's really important. So in this last episode, as we kind of bring this home, um, I think this is going to help you start to begin to address these issues and what you can do. So thanks as always for being our guest on Ditch the Suits and uh, stay tuned till the next episode. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this entire episode. We really, really appreciate it. If you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. Travis and I would also love for you to leave a five-star rating and have you write a review because you got to remember your reviews and ratings help trick the algorithm and put our show on the map and climb the charts. We want to help inspire you to get the most from your money in life. And we know there's other listeners out there that feel the same. So as always, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for stopping by. And we hope you enjoyed Ditch the Suits. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.